So today we're joined by Brandon Plant. Brandon is a hockey guy. You cover the Senators, right? Do you cover baseball at all or just hockey? Just hockey, maybe in the future baseball. Maybe yeah. this is the first time. Okay. You're getting, exactly. You're getting started. Um, maybe this is the beginning of something beautiful. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but but a huge Team Israel fan, as am I. And uh, we figured we could just do a quick, you know, Team Israel prep. So what do you think? You want to yeah. just give me your initial thoughts on the team? What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, so... Oh, you know, been a big fan for quite some time, followed since 2015. Uh, you know, as somebody that's Jewish, seeing an, uh, an Israeli team, of course, is awesome. There's not many Israeli teams. We're a small nation. But to have uh, an Israeli team full of Jewish players, of course, it's just really special. So 2015, after that incredible run to qualify, the 2017 doesn't need to be said. It's just remarkable what happened, the way we really shocked the world and proved the doubters wrong. Um, it got, it's got me excited, of course, like, and this roster is the best Jewish baseball team ever, but the issue is our pool is disgusting in the worst way possible. You got Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. So, and the Guagua, of course, right. So, and they have some players too. So it's not easy. I think the expectations for Israel would be best case, probably third. Somehow you can maybe eke out a couple of wins, upset one of the three, uh, and of course beat Nicaragua. Worst case is fourth, which means at least at the very minimum, that's the basis requirement to qualify for the next tournament. You won't mm-hmm. have to go into qualif- uh, qualifications, pardon me, again. Uh, so I would expect three to four. Um, in any other pool, I think Israel advances to the second round again. I just think they kind of got screwed with um, a hell of a division. Hell of a division. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm. It's interesting that you brought up, you know, requalifying because I was talking to Sean Spradling, who I know you know. Um, and, yeah, he's awesome. And and I was talking to him, and he said that Josh Wolf told him that they are going to start Dean Kramer against Nicaragua, and they basically were like, "We're not, we're not going on for. We don't want to requalify. If we can win and move on, great. But our goal is to not have to requalify." So, on the one hand. I guess you could have thrown Dean Kramer, your best guy against, you know, Puerto Rico or something to try to get another win. But the problem is you only have one Dean Kramer and you got like three games you have to win. So mm-hmm. if you got to pick one, you want to win the most winnable game, you know, and then try and try and do that. So I, I guess I understand the thought process. I don't know. I was kind of hoping they pitch him against Puerto Rico and, and try to eke out a win that way and finish third. But I, I understand. Yeah, if I can just chip uh, chime in here, I absolutely agree with you. I was checking MLB.com earlier, and I was surprised to see that Kramer's name not only was already announced, because I remember if you watched the Heading Home documentary, Jerry Weinstein, there's a uh, there's a clip I watched it the other day, where he was calling on the day of the game against Korea, asking who they're starting. So I was surprised that Kramer was announced so early. But once again, I think that's definitely the smarter play. Get the Get the win that you're expecting to get. Don't overthink it. Just qualify for the next tournament and see what happens here. He still has some capable arms, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. So you got some depth there. Um, they can still eke out a win with the offense we got. I think it's a smart play. Put your best guy for the game. You have the best chance to win. Don't overthink it. What about you, Tom? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to me, as far as I can tell, there's no material difference between finishing fourth and finishing third. Yeah. So, you know... That- I get in a pool that they're in. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm in 180p, but you know, so be it. Now I'm a PS1 cinematic. Um, in a pool like the one they're in, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're pretty much just looking at like we don't want to go back to qualifiers. So I, I, I understand the decision. I mean, uh, we have seen that you know some of these games we thought were locks were not locks. Yes, that is but, true. And it, you know. But on the other hand, you know, Korea and the Dominican Republic are 
different levels of really good. <laughs> so I, I get it. You know, I get why they're just focusing on like, we don't want to go back to qualifiers. And then, you know, maybe next time around, maybe they get put in a pool that's actually winnable. <laughs> I mean, look, I absolutely agree with you. And I think we were talking about this, you know, Ethan and I, before the recording begun about mm. how far this team and this program has gone in less than 10 years. We're talking about 2013. They just missed out on the qualification 2015. They finally qualified. And since 2015, the last seven, eight years qualified in, you know, incredible run six in the WBC 2017 Olympics, one run away from potentially getting third or second or first, getting a chance at a medal at the Olympics, top six in the world, guys. And then mm. WBC now, I mean, once again, I completely agree, agree with you guys. The 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 goal should always be to continue to develop. We have some great talent, some great young talent on this team too. And like you said, third and fourth, there's not really much of a difference. Just continue to grow and develop. And more importantly, have some more Israeli players from Israel actually come to the team too. Shalomo Lepetz, of course, is a legend, but he's 44 right. or whatever, right? So at the and next level. Play. Right, exactly. So we yeah, is he the is he the top name on Team Israel? By the I, way, there's, I'm, I got it right here. I think there's another really good one, uh, Rossman or something. Bubby Rossman, I love that name. Bubby love Rossman, it. Good name. <laughs> Electric name. There's some really good names on this team. Um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it when you said it, it's more about you know growing the program. And obviously, you know, we don't have to get it. We're all Jews or part Jews, so what's the point bashing? Yeah. But true, you know, we don't we don't have to get into you know whether or not they should you know have a team of more Israelis and all that. But I think you're right. If if you can qualify, then you can just sort of settle in, focus on building your team next time instead of having to, you know, potentially have to requalify or get knocked out, which would suck even harder. You know, one thing that bums me out, Brandon. I've talked about this a lot. Is Team Israel? You know, people will say they have sort of an unfair advantage by being able to bring in so many non you know Israelis. You know, it's just definition of the word. And obviously I don't subscribe to that, but I think right, yeah. they brought in a lot of guys that you could say, you know, oh, they're barely connected. They lost so many guys too. Like I say this all the time, Paul Goldschmidt, Max Fried, Dylan, you know, Dylan Cease, Alex Bregman, right? Mike Moustakis, Adam Adovino. Like I can keep going of just naming stars that they, that they didn't get to play for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, they still have a decent enough roster. Obviously they would have a chance of going to the finals if they had all those guys, but you know, what do you say when somebody, when people say that, you know, like, do you just say deal with it or? I think it's ridiculous. I mean, kingdom of Netherlands literally put kingdom of before because there's so many players. I'm not, I don't mean to call them out. But it's totally fine. It's within the rules, but they literally did that because there's so many players coming from parts of uh, the world that are not the Netherlands that are associated with the kingdom of the Netherlands. So mm. Israel's not the only country uh, to have that. It's a, it's a rule. It's a rule for a reason. Um, and I got no issue with it. Look, Israel is the Jewish state. So having Jewish players that have an ability to make Aliyah and become citizens of Israel, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're Israeli or just Jewish. It's the same thing, in my opinion, right? So if right. Netherlands can do it, if Italy, if all these different countries can do it as they should, why can't Israel? So I don't see why it's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember as we were going over um, some of the other teams and like a lot of these Latin American teams, like if you look at where the players are from, a lot of them aren't from the country mm -hmm. that they're representing. A lot of them just have heritage. And, you know, yeah, if you're a guy who's a little bit fringy and you're from the Dominican Republic, like, yeah, you're probably never going to represent the Dominican Republic. But, you know, if you got Colombian heritage, you go play for Colombia. I mean, obviously, we want to see teams put out as much of a domestic 
product as they can like that's part of the reason why i love the czech team because it's like they have what three players who aren't from the czech republic yeah only a couple yeah it's sogard uh william scala and uh, one other guy i think oh but, jake yeah Le- right jew what was that jake labinowitz jew oh you're oh. right yeah um yeah we, we like to see teams put out you know domestic products but until you get a lot of countries to that point and we talked about this with sean too like right now you only have maybe like four countries that can put out entirely domestic teams that have any hope of competing so it's hard to get mad at teams like israel or like italy is doing the same thing it's all american guys like what else are they going to do until you know baseball is better developed in those countries exactly keyword development we were talking about at the beginning it's all about Mm -hmm. development that's the whole point of this right that's why uh mlb rob manfred they're so supportive of the wbc and push it so much because of the growth potential of it Mm -hmm. israel look they had a league a little bit ago they now have a league again i believe but it's starting to grow they're starting to build more fields they're starting to be many more israeli players and not even just in israel like you said let's take a look around the world czech republic Britain, all these different countries, China, Taiwan, whatever, all these different countries are really starting to develop with their baseball programs. And that's a great thing just for the sport in general. You know, of course, USA, Japan, South Korea, you know, uh, DR, all these countries, of course, are juggernauts. They don't have Mm. issues. But I feel like the WBC, of course, those teams are the headliners that are going to win more likely than not. But I always look at the smaller teams, like look at Australia today with Korea. I mean, these are great stories that probably for people uh, in Australia, uh, kids that are looking to pick up a sport is going to inspire them. I won't say I, I couldn't, I would be lying to you if I said Israel's success just in 2015 to qualify got me hooked for life. So I know how important that is uh, in a personal experience. And I'm sure for many millions of kids out there, it's the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. I just realized I took us way far afield from the actual team. So, so we can, <laughs> we can rein it back in. We are, we said they're, they're going to start Dean Kramer against Nicaragua. So yeah, Sean has the rotation too. as Dean Kramer, Robert Stock, Colton Gordon, and Gold. How confident are you in those four? We got a mix of good pro experience, uh, all, or not an all-star, but an MLB guy in Kramer and then some minor experience. I believe, uh, what's his name again? Um, Gold, Gold, he has a very good like two two zero ERA with Houston, I believe. Uh, but that was like only with single A. So he's inexperienced, but he's got some good stuff. And I mean, that could translate for sure. Look again, WBC, you have 75. Uh, I think the pitch limit's 75. You have a good bullpen here. So I think a game like that will probably be a bulk a bullpen type of game. But hey, if he has a good fastball, which I think he does is what I read, um, he can definitely get you a couple innings. Uh, Stock, I believe, is a guy with experience. He's a little older. Um, oh, look, he look. This is a strong rotation compared to what we've had in uh, the past. So once again, that's another guy that can probably go two, three innings, eat up some innings, and you know, kind of relieve your bullpen a little bit. Kramer, enough said. I mean, that guy, he would he can go as long as possible, three, four innings, as long as he maximizes the uh, his pitches uh, through the innings. But Kramer fantastic best pitcher to ever pitch for israel for sure and then of course gordon i believe i haven't mentioned i think he's another minor league guy um so with all these guys you have experience you have a bit of youth you have a bit of uh veteran and you have a bit of real real good mlb experience too so you have a, mm-hmm. a good bit of both and i think in any other pool that's exciting but in this pool once again with vr uh dr venezuela puerto rico 
You want to have four MLB arms there instead. So I think the bullpen's going to be relied on a lot with the other guys starting. Um, but with Kramer, I'm not too worried. The other ones, who knows? It's baseball. Uh, they have good resumes and good experience and, you know, good projections. But, you know, once again, we'll have to see. Baseball is a day-by-day game. Yeah. Well, I think what you just brought up is really important when you said Dean Kramer is the best pitcher that they've ever had pitched for them, which is true, which is true. But the problem is Israel's gotten a lot better and they're bringing their best roster ever. But the problem is everybody else is also bringing their best roster to the WBC too. So like, oh, except for Canada. True. Except for Canada. We don't talk about that. Oh. But like, like, like <laughs> Cuba bringing active MLB players for the, for the first time, their roster is very much improved and they just went, you know, they started off 0 and 2. So like, you know, everybody else has stepped up their game. So it's it's a matter of has Israel stepped up their game enough to hang in with, you know, the Dominican Republic and everything like that. I'll just say quickly, I, I do think they did. I mean, if you look at the bullpen, they have a, a plethora of great MLB arms experience. I mean, that's what killed them in the Olympics. That's what killed them in 2017. Their bullpens just couldn't keep up in those late inning grinding type games. That's what mm. killed them. This year, for the first time, probably ever, I'm not worried about the bullpen. I think this is the strongest bullpen by far. And when you have a strong bullpen with the WBC rules on starting pitching, Israel has a shot. It's up to the offense, really. I think the the pitching, you have experience there. They're all affiliate arms, if not better. I'm not worried about the rotation. We'll see if they can keep up with DR and stuff. But the bullpen, I mean, if you look at that bullpen, some really big names as well uh, with lots of MLB experience, the bullpen really excites me. So I do think they've improved. One bullpen arm I want to ask you about, and I don't know if you'll know anything about this. Sean has Adam Kalarik listed as in the designated pitcher pool, which means he could come in later on, but he's not going to be pitching. Do you know why that is? I would think he would be one of their better arms. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of uh, pitchers that weren't even listed on the original roster to begin with that weren't there. I still question why. I, I unfortunately have no idea, but I do like to see Shlomo Lippitz there. That does excite me. Of I'm course. glad that he's involved. Of course. And Jake Kalish, my favorite player in all of baseball, because people used to tell me I look like him. So I'm going to take that and run. <laughs> um, so what do you think of their lineup? I, I saw Sean sent me one of their lineups from one of their practice games, but they didn't have Jock Peterson, I think. So it was a little yeah. off. But, um, you know, what what do you think of their guys? We can, uh, you know, just go over, you know, their starting nine if you want. Yeah, shout out to Sean. I got it right here, the projected lineup. So, look, you got a good mix of experience here, and I don't want to keep on going on with the experience like I did with the rotation, but it's it, that's the common theme with this team, experience. They have it throughout the lineup. Whether it's youth or veteran, you have a lot of experience here. Look, Garrett Stubbs, MLB guy, good power, good underlying numbers, uh, very good ability to get on base, great for the leadoff. Lavarnway, MVP from 2017, that guy can rake – Love to see him back here, probably in a fifth spot, something like that. Power guy. Zach Galoff, I mean, he's like the number two rated prospect in the A's system. I mean, the A's have a lot of great prospects, so that's very encouraging. And that's mm-hmm. a great uh, piece there for the infield. Jock Peterson, enough said. I, I mean, all-star, two-time all-star, 23-24 bombs last year year that is your best player matt mervis i'm very excited to see one of the best second base prospects in the entire mlb the guy is projected to be potentially an all-star in the mlb as well i think having him in the infield will vastly help our defense uh and i'm excited to see him rake apparently he has very good uh you know power metrics and stuff so i'm excited to see how that works for him alex dickerson great once again to say the word experience uh over a thousand mlb at bats even last year not the best line under 200 of course but you know look in wbc you're playing against guys that are double a pitchers whatever 
experience can always translate and help. So Dickerson will definitely help fortify the bottom third of the lineup. Spencer Horowitz, believe that's the Blue Jays prospect. Triple uh, A, he's gotten some at-bats against some really good pitchers, so I'm sure that can translate. I think he has some good speed too, which you definitely need on the base paths. Danny Valencia, once again, uh, that's a guy that's been an all-star, I believe, in the MLB many, many seasons. Uh, like Lavarnway, has some good power. Uh, and Walensky, I don't know too much about. I'm sure he ha- I'm, I, I believe he's young, so he probably has some speed to him as well. But what I think about this roster is you have a good blend of power, speed, and contactability. And I think when you mix all those three things in, of course, they're going to translate potentially to wins. So I like the mix. I like that they have some guys can really rake, like LaVarnway and Peterson, Valencia. I like they have guys that can get on base, like Stubbs and Gala and Mervis, who, you know, Mervis can do both power and just get on base. And then throughout the lineup, they have some complimentary players. So I think this is a very, very underrated uh, batting core. And once again, if they were in any other pool, this batting core would probably be one of the better ones in the pool and would give them a shot every game. Yeah, agreed 100%. We, we like mm. to do when we've had people on to talk about teams. Uh, you know, who's your MVP, so hitter, and who's your Cy Young for this team, do you think? Well, unfortunately for Israel, the answer is probably a little easy. I say the MVP goes probably to Jock Peterson, but I'm watching Matt Mervis. I, I really am excited to see this guy play. There's yeah, been a he's lot who of... I was going to say. I, I actually, I'm really liking Mervis the more I learn about him. So Right? Yeah, Cup fans yeah. rave about the guy. And, you know, when you see a fan base unanimously and fan bases never unanimously agree on a player when they unanimously agree on a player that's a good sign so Mervis is somebody I'm watching but Peterson of course you have to say him right he's like the best player uh he's like our true all-star that can go head-to-head with anyone in the pool and for arms I mean for the rotation Dean Kramer I mean he has the easiest quote-unquote easiest matchup right with Nicaragua and I mean no disrespect they have a good roster with some good experience there as well but DR, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, there's no comparison. So Dean Kramer, I think he, of course, is the Cy Young candidate. If you look at the bullpen, I guess, I'll take a look here. I mean, you have some good names. Richard Blyer probably has a chance to be the, probably the best name out of the bullpen. There's a couple other guys. But Kramer and Peterson, I guess that's kind of, uh, you know, a little expected. But sometimes the most expected answers are the best ones to say. Nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, we we had that conversation with Sean. We were like, "Oh, who do you think's the best player on Team Japan?" And it's like, "Well, well." <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Am I allowed to say Otani?" Yeah. <laughs> who you got, Tom? Who do I have? Uh, I'm going with Mervis for MVP. Um, and I mean, pitching for for Cy Young. I mean, yeah, it it's a little boring, but probably Dean Kramer. Can I go outside the box for both picks? Please Ready. Do. No, right. no, you know what? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to. You're saying Kramer and Peterson, and that's that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my thinking, and I'm, I'm. It's a little off the wall. Kramer, I think, has a little bit of an easy matchup. I think they they should cruise, hopefully. Yeah. But that's only one game. They have a lot of lefties in the bullpen, right? Richmond and Blyer and stuff like that. But they need a, a shutdown righty, which I'm not sure they have. I think the guy, the first right-hander you're going to go to, is Zach Weiss, who was pretty good for the Angels last year, and then. For hitters, Jock Peterson's the obvious pick. However, I think teams are going to be careful with him. I think him and Mervis and Horwitz and all are all left-handed hitters. It's a very lefty-heavy lineup. I think they're going to try and bring in lefties and try and mow them down. I'm going Danny Valencia. Huge hand yeah. power. Uh, he's only a, one of only a few righties in the lineup, so I think he's going to see some left-handed you know, pitching. I think I think Danny Valencia, and he crushed in the Olympic qualifiers. So I like Danny Valencia for it. But 
obviously Peterson and Kramer are kind of the obvious pick. Right. Obviously, you know, we're a little closer to being correct than you are, but you know, other than that. Of course. <laughs> I'll be honest though, I love the Zach Weiss pick. I mean, at the Olympics, he really has a very, very powerful fastball. When you have guys on DR, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, that are power hitters that are swinging for the fences, especially against a guy like Zach Weiss, who they probably wouldn't recognize. He only pitched like 11 innings last year with Los Angeles. This is a kind of matchup where if he can overpower them with that fastball at pie or whatever, that is a great matchup. And I love that pick. That's a very sneaky one. And Zach Weiss is going to be somebody, a part of this program for years to come. He has Israeli citizenship, of course. But so he'll be a part of you know future Olympics potentially, but just for WBC or whatever tournament. I mean, that's a guy. He's young. He's starting to come into his own. And once again, that that fastball, it's very very powerful against guys like Dr. or Venezuela or Puerto Rico that swing for the fences. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to get to or anything about Team Israel? Me? Yeah. No, I, oh, I know Tom. Yeah. I can talk to him whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah, we talk on the phone every day. Well, so, we're cousins. Yeah. We can talk whatever we want. <laughs> Great question. I think um, that's a really good question, actually. I'm trying to think. I think the one thing that we should look for for Team Israel is the bullpen. Once again, I think Israel has suffered, like I said earlier in this interview, late in games because of lack of bullpen depth. It's what's held them back. So mm-hmm. I think I'm really excited to see how this bullpen performs. I think not enough people are speaking about the experience throughout the bullpen. Look, there's only a few guys that are, you know, MLB really, really known. But if you have majority of the bullpen are affiliate guys and above double A, not many other teams throughout the tournament can say that. So Israel has very, very good depth in the bullpen. And once again, first round rules, WBC, you can't pitch past four innings under 75 pitches or whatever. This is good for Israel. It's all up to the batting core to keep up with the pitching. I think, once again, this is Israel's strongest pitching staff ever. And once again, it's so cliche to say, it's like hockey. You know, bring it back to hockey as a sense guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you can't win a Stanley Cup or whatever without a strong goaltender. You're not going to win any games in, in MLB or the WBC without strong pitching. Yeah, that's true. Agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they have a sliver of a chance. I don't think it's going to happen to move on, but I'm hoping for it, man. That's the one thing I wanted to ask you really fast. Uh, me and Tom were talking about this last night. Team Israel is my, like, number one team in the World Baseball Classic, and then obviously I would love to see the United States win too. What Are, are you the same way where you have Team Israel more than you love Canada or different other way around? I think the connection – look, I love my country. I love Canada. But I think the connection with this Jewish baseball team – Look, Israel doesn't have any national teams. We have like a Division Three hockey team. You know, soccer never really does any well. And to be honest, I don't really care about soccer. Um, so yeah, same, right? <laughs> I love baseball, and the story, the the way they surprised everyone, just the whole aura around baseball players embracing their Jewishness, their heritage, and representing Israel. That's so special to me, especially for a sport that I love. So Israel's number one for that alone. And it's number two, without a doubt. I love, I watch all the Canadian uh, games. I did it in 2017 too. Wasn't much to watch, but I watch because, you know, I'm Canadian. I, I would love to see them, you know, perform. My right. ideal matchup in the final will be Israel-Canada, right? right. But unfortunately, right. Canada, they got Freddie Freeman. They got O'Neill. They got some guys, but they're not that exciting, to be honest with you. Yeah, it dries up pretty yeah. fast after yeah, Canada, that. Yeah, me and Tom frequently roast Canada. <laughs> so. it makes yeah, no I've, sense I've been making a lot of memes about Team Canada. 
So, you know. <laughs> Canada's like somehow like you look at their roster and they have more exciting names than you thought. And yet they're still super underwhelming. It's like right? so weird. Yeah. You, with all the names that are Canadian, you would expect a better lineup. You really would. Yeah. Well, dude, I was telling I was telling this to Tom. Their pitching staff is an absolute graveyard, man. Like they're just digging people up out of the deck. Like Andrew Alvers and John Axford. Axford yeah. Yeah. Adam Lowen. Adam Lowen. Like, who are these? Yeah. Well, oh, it's bad, man. But anyway, I'm wishing you the best for Canada. I think I think that it would be fun if they moved on. I don't know if it's going to happen, but they're yeah. in a similarly ruthless pool. You know, they got to get past the U.S. Mexico. and Mexico. Yeah, Colombia, yeah. Mexico, U.S. and Great Britain. I I think Great Britain's going to upset them, but I guess for your sake, I will be hoping that they don't. Yeah, yeah, all right, sell out. <laughs> yeah, that that would be tough. That would be tough. Anyway, Brandon, what's the best best place for people to follow you and find all your stuff? Yeah, so I'll plug my personal at plant underscore Brandon on Twitter. You can check out my YouTube channel, Sense Talk, if you like, if you're a Sense fan. Uh, but yeah, I tweet. I love to, uh, you know, follow fellow Jewish people, of course, fellow Team Israel fans. So at plant underscore Brandon on Twitter is where you can find me. I'll be tweeting quite a bit the next couple of weeks. So excited. Absolutely, cool. yeah. Well, these two quarter Jews have enjoyed spending a time with them. Yeah, I was, was going to say best thing I can do is 25%. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts on Team Israel. And let's do it again, and we can talk about how they've been faring. Absolutely, my friends. It was an absolute pleasure. And go Team Israel. Let's see how they Absolutely. can do. Absolutely. All right. Again, man, this has been great.